welcome to Minute 75 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we take a wild trip to the 1907 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off the week, week number 15 of this podcast, is Austin Pryor of Malkovich, 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 minute, 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 minute. Thank you for coming back, Austin. <laughs> you are most welcome, and uh, yeah, looking forward. Excellent. So episode 75 begins with Neil wanting to go to sleep and ends with Dell opening the door and exits the bathroom. Okay, so yesterday we had another great bonding moment between the two of them where Neil touches upon some of the things that that, that we all know who've seen the movie that might hurt yeah. Dell a little bit because we, we they talk about love and their wives and things like that. But we just try to... Uh, move along from that. So Neil has turned off the light. He's trying to make himself comfortable in the bed and he goes, can you grab those things or am I going to kick them off? So he's, he, he's got like the, one of the little booze cases, carrying cases at the edge of his bed. And he basically wants Dill to, to move it off before. So he doesn't kick it off. Even though yesterday we, we mentioned the fact that he's already become a little bit of a litter bug. In the yeah. Room. Yeah, he doesn't care about all of the uh, empty uh, nacho packets or whatever yeah. um, uh, around him. Dorito uh, packages, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, and then, basically, he continues says, "Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I'll tell you as much trouble as I've had on this little journey. I'm sure one day I'm going to look back and laugh." And he be begins to laugh, and finally, he's he's reached Neil. I guess maybe it's the booze. He's he's reached a point of clarity where he's starting mm. to realize. You know, okay, this isn't as bad looking back than it was when it was happening at the time. Yeah. You know, and Dell laughs along with him and responds, oh, you think so? And then Neil goes, I'm laughing already. <laughs> and then the, the two of them, uh, you know, be, begin laughing together. And Neil covers his eyes as he's saying it also, you know, trying to show a little bit of you know, that he's reminiscing about some of the, the fun things that they've done together and stuff like that. And then Doug goes, oh, God. Oh, and Neil goes, oh, when that car blew up. And Doug goes, was that seed hot or what? I feel like a big whopper. <laughs> okay, now you, you know what a whopper is, right? I okay. sure do. So, um, yeah. I mean, personally, I'm, uh, we yeah, have I'm, 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 you know, in, in, in Israel, they, they have opened... You know, they have a kosher Burger King, they have a kosher McDonald's, they have a they, right, they used to have yeah. a kosher Wendy's. So, you know, I've I've tasted these hamburgers. Obviously they're not cheeseburgers or anything like that, but I've I've tasted the the real yeah. I've always believed that Burger King was is the best. Burger King is my favorite of of the, the fast food hamburgers. I think they do a great job with it. Yeah. And it was actually fun doing a little bit of research on what a Whopper is. Do, do you know what year the Whopper was invented? It was invented know. in 1957. Wow. One that one of the co-founders yeah. of Burger King, James McLemore, um, thought of the idea. He was in a uh, in a rival product, uh, you know, rival uh, store, yeah. uh, fast food fast food Change. restaurant or whatever yeah. it is in 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 Gainesville, Florida, yeah. and he realized that wait a second, I need to be selling a larger burger. And so they decided to, to to do this. And how much do you think it cost at the time to buy a Whopper in 1957? Ten cents. 
37 cents. Okay. I went down with two. The, with two over yeah. yeah. So the equivalent today is three, $3.41. Okay. Which is, is. Is that about what they cost? They would cost more than that. I, would say. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never, I've never bought a Whopper in dollars. Yeah. Know, so I couldn't yeah. tell you. Yeah. Cause but, I, and the whole idea of it was, you know, that, that he, that the, the term Whopper is to try and, make it seem as if it's it's larger it's yeah. the imagery of something big yeah that's what they were trying to con- convey and apparently it took a number of years till one of the rivals was able to bring something that was a similar size and that would be the mcdonald's quarter pounder right. which came out in the 1970s so yeah i mean it's it's pretty pretty interesting that they yeah mcdonald's were still grappling with the pickle matrix um that's a little that's a little uh Simpsons gag there, um, but uh, yeah, like I, the 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 way the way I was saying that a lot of the the kind of um, chips uh, c- companies didn't get to Ireland because we had our own crisps. Kind of the same is kind of true of Galway. That like uh, specifically uh, where I'm from in the west of Ireland, Galway um, would be it's the fourth largest city in Ireland, which is you know minuscule by international standards, but all the other places already had um, already had uh, McDonald's for years, but we had a holdout because we have we have our own Supermax in Galway, mm-hmm. and um, so so Supermax uh, for years in Galway didn't uh, so for for years McDonald's in Galway didn't even turn a profit because even though it was fairly popular it just wasn't as popular as supermax and they just needed to get a foothold in the market in in galway and they found it difficult to uh to to penetrate so yeah that's that's a little point of pride for for me as a galwegian that uh we held out we held out the yanks (laughs) (laughs) we held we held off mcdonald's um and uh you know the irresistible force of of uh, american uh, right. capitalism <laughs> and then dell continues with his joke you know he starts off by saying was that seat hot or what i feel like a big whopper turn me over i'm done on this side i'm afraid to look at my ass you know i might have those griddle marks on my ass <laughs> and and they they both right. continue laughing at that and and then neil looks around and they're they're they're, they're laughing together and then he goes, he hears like some sort of strange noise and goes, what is that? Now, I had to rewind it a few times to be able to hear what it is. We hear like a crunching sound, right? And okay. at this point, Dell responds, potato chips, they're everywhere. So in other words, he stepped on potato chips. Oh, that's yeah. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty funny that that's the way they, they do it. Right. And again, it's something that you don't really notice offhand. So, all right. No, I didn't. I, 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 I inferred from him saying, "Oh, potato chips," uh, that that that's what it was. That that's you know that the, that he was walking on them and stuff. But I, yeah, I just I love this scene. I love this exchange of them laughing. Um, you know, when you're laughing along with the characters, it's a very different feeling from yes. laughing at the funny event or laughing at somebody's misfortune or whatever it is. It's a much warmer kind of feeling. And and like I was saying in the previous minute, it's what the movie needs at this point. And I love to see, um, you know, uh, characters having humor with each other. And a lot of movies don't get that right. They forget that people in real life 
crack jokes and tell stories and are funny, you know, and um, uh, yeah, so it's just lovely to see this little exchange. And then, and and this is the culmination of the bonding because there's no greater bonding than you yeah, know, sharing absolutely. laughter. And this particular thing of when he's walking off to the toilet and Neil is still laughing and Dell is is laughing and, and Neil goes, uh, why do I feel like I'm in summer camp? And Dell like opens the door just to laugh and closes the door again, which is just a lovely yeah. touch. It's just like, he doesn't even have a quip or an answer that goes with that. He just opens the door and laughs out the door and then closes it again, which is just like, and he, he seems if he's Perfect, also out of breath. Because they want to be in the same space and they want to be. Right. Yeah, and he is. He's out of breath. He looks like yeah. he's trying to catch his breath by the, the way that he's doing it yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I just want to back um, up one second. So potato chips. Yeah, go we're for, talking go about for potato it. chips. So so what do you know about potato chips? Well, I, um, yeah, uh, being from Ireland, we talk a lot about the fact that we invented them. But I, I don't know if that's if that's one of those things that like either it might be um like just completely made up or it might be that several people invented them in different countries at different times so that there's a contention to it um i don't know but uh we're, you know we're kind of we're quite proud of our crisps in ireland as we call them yes and um and uh yeah and and people are like very you know uh the the choice between Tato crisps or King crisps or more modern brand of hunky dories is very um, contentious. And there's a lot of, you know, Tato really the big brand in Ireland. And um, so that's, just, I don't know, that's the Irish perspective. I don't know what the, uh, what Wikipedia says right. about uh, the history of crisps. Okay. Well, a potato chip or oftenly just known as a chip or a crisp uh, in, and it says in British and Irish English. Right, Good it's stuff. a thin slice of potato that has been either deep fried, baked, or air fried until crunchy. Mm -hmm. Okay, potato chips are I, form a large part of the snack food and conveniences food market in most Western countries. The global potato chip market generated a total revenue of sixteen point four nine billion dollars in two thousand five. So you can only imagine how much that's that's uh, jumped in the almost. Yeah. 20 years since then, right? And at the yeah. time, that accounted for 35.5% of the total savory savory snacks market in that year. Mm. $46.1 billion. That, that's just wow. unbelievable. I mean, it's also, yeah. you know, why uh, <laughs> the world has many problems because they're, they yeah. can be so tasty and, uh, you know, and so many people are <laughs> buying them. How does that? So the yeah, earliest known good. recipe for what we would call potato chips or crisps nowadays was in 1817. There was a cookbook put out by William Kitchener called the Cook's Oracle. And yeah. it was a bestseller in both the U in the UK and in the US. And basically mm -hmm. they had a recipe for potatoes fried in slices and shavings. And it, it actually just gives you a very quick description of what to do. Peel large potatoes, cut them in shavings round and round as you would peel a lemon, dry them well in a clean cloth and fry them in lard or dripping. That's it. Wow. That's as simple as it is. You know, not, yeah. not that difficult to, to make potato chips if that's what you want to do. <laughs> 
Yeah, I might, might try them homemade. It sounds good. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. So if I want to stick to the, the theory that they are um, Irish, uh, that they are Irish, then it would have to be that uh, the Brits stole them and published the recipe, which I find entirely believable. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprising at all, but but again, I mean, you mentioned the fact that you know they they stopped talking at a certain point in this in this minute, but they're still both laughing. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, Joe's. They're right. having a great time. You know, you mentioned the fact that that Neil says, you know, that why do I feel like I'm in summer camp? Which again, you know, he's he's finally letting out and letting go, and yeah. you know, allowing himself to to enjoy the moment, and he finally realizes that he he can. You know, he doesn't need to be such yeah, a stick and, in the mud. And, yeah, and and childhood memories and rediscovering your childhood, you know, it's very it's very significant that yeah. he's saying summer camp. He's not saying, you know, this is this is the best time I've had since the last time I was out with the, you know, regional sales exactly. team for drinks or whatever. You know, this is this is like the pure joyous kind of adventurous fun of childhood and there's something about summer camp with i mean we didn't have summer camp but we had you know just sleepovers and camping outdoors and stuff that like staying out overnight and um being with being with your friends from school or from scouts or whoever but you're now in this kind of more exciting different environment and um, and just the the conversations that I have had with friends of mine growing up at like, you know, three o'clock in the morning in the in the total dark and you're, you know, just laughing your ass off one minute and then like really strong kind of sharing and bonding another minute uh, with, you know, no alcohol required because you're young and you don't have that many restrictions, uh, you know, um, uh, restrictions and, and uh, what's the word I'm trying to say? Inhibitions is thank you is the word I'm trying to think of. And so, um, so it's just so perfect the the use of the summer camp. Plus, they're in like a log cabin, you know, old west themed uh, motel uh, uh, yeah. motel room. So it's just perfect. And I, uh, I just yeah, it's a very it's a, a one one little line was very powerfully evocative of that kind of yeah. childhood okay. experience. Great. And I mean, that's pretty much how this minute ends with the two of them laughing, you know, Dale goes into the bathroom at some point and you hear the water running and he, you know, you mentioned the fact that he opens the door and sticks his head out and the water's still running. And for some reason I thought maybe he's like drawing a bath or something like that. And, you know, he goes back in and turns the water off a few seconds later. So that wasn't really yeah. <laughs> what he was doing, you know, but you, you still hear him laughing in the, uh, in the other room or in the bathroom, you hear, you hear the faucet running and you also hear him, him laughing, which, which is great. Yeah. You know, and then the water turns off. He comes out of the really door. Nice. The light is obviously still off. Dell exits the bathroom. And at this point we see that it looks like he's still trying to catch his breath. And that's the way the, the minute ends. So the the script expands a little bit on the the conversation that they they have at the beginning of this minute. So Neil then says, as much trouble as I've had on this little journey, I'm sure someday I'll look back and have a good laugh. Neil goes, yeah, maybe. Neil goes, good night. And then after pausing a second, he goes, and keep your hands to yourself. Neil goes, 
if I hold yeah. anything, it'll be my own. <laughs> and then Neil rolls over. Now, I mean, <laughs> obviously, I'm assuming that this means that they're implying in the script that the two of them are once again in the same bed as opposed to in two singles. Yes. But I don't think yeah. that that's really described here. And then it says Neil rolls over and then Neil goes, you're going to have your smoke. And Dale goes, nope, I'm quitting. And he goes, my butt's burned up in the car. Consider quitting, will you? And Dale goes, my wife used to say that. When she finally stopped. And then Dale says, about eight years ago in March. And Neil goes, good advice. Oh, wow. Take it. Good night. And then Dale goes, sleep tight. So, I mean, this this is the whole, all that's described here. We don't have the whole laughing aspect. We don't have the, you know, I, I wish we were in summer camp and mm. stuff like that. It's very possible that that was ad-libbed by the two of them. You never know. Yeah. But it, it, it works yeah. the way that they, they do this. Oh. And, I mean, I'm glad that they, they gave us what they gave us in the edited ver- in the final version. What they have here is good, but it's a little too much. It's it makes it a little more sentimental because uh, yeah. you know obviously Neil has misinterpreted what he means by the fact that his wife stopped nagging him eight years ago. You know. Yeah, and that would be kind of too much of a tip of the hat because Neil would be thinking, why does he remember the month, the year, yeah. and the month that? his wife stopped nagging him about. So it's kind of probably, it would make it too easy for Neil to figure out. And we need, it needs to be something that he can only figure out when he's away from Dell later on and reflecting on the whole thing. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, so that, um, that's pretty much the, the I, way the script deals with it here. Yeah, what, what this feeling that I had when I was watching this scene I thought I was remembering the movie. First of all, I can't believe how much of this movie I do remember because I saw it, you know, a good few times, but it was I haven't seen it in like probably 20, more than 20, yeah, 25 years or something, you know? Wow. Um, and, um, but so much of it just had stuck with me and I had seen it at the right age where I just, just drenched it in, you know, mm-hmm. or it just drenched into me rather. And there was there was this feeling of this scene where they're laughing and I thought I had a false memory of Dell now relaxed in front of, uh, in, in front of Neil. Of, um, of Neil, he accidentally lets it slip that he set the car on fire. Um, and then that Neil is like, wait a minute, that was your cigarette, but I thought it was a, you know, so I, I don't even know what, they say they they never talk about why the the car goes on fire sure. in the movie, and um, in the movie no, so the I thought that there was up. another. It's brought up. It is brought up okay. in the script. Yeah, and so I thought that whole time that I was watching that lovely scene that it's going to turn and he's going to be angry at him again and he's saying, "You were responsible. Why did you? You know, um, and uh, if you if you didn't smoke, you know, we wouldn't have burned the car and blah blah." And so, um. I loved that it didn't. I was yeah. very relieved because the movie needed this this kind of tender moment between the two of them and it needed to not be another turn. And I guess what I was doing was the the way the scene played out just a few scenes earlier was that when the car went on fire uh, or when property went on fire and then 
uh, Neil starts laughing because Dell, you finally did it to yourself. And then there's a turn when they realize about the, um, the credit card. Yeah. So I thought that pattern was going to repeat itself, and I'm very glad it didn't. Well, so that was, uh, yeah. Okay, great, excellent. Yeah. So every Friday we have a segment called Weekend Candy, where my guests will give their top five John Candy movies. So what have you got for us, Austin? Right. Well, I was I was looking through this, and I I have seen fewer John Candy movies than I thought I had, and and. Um, and of course, he played small roles in a lot of movies that I didn't really didn't really feel that I could count. You know what I mean? Um, plus, he had a few real stinkers um, that I was not <laughs> going to put in my top five and no fault of him. And I just I absolutely loved John Candy. So I really I kind of wanted it to be a better representation of his career here. But I got I, I don't have that many. I've got is there's just probably, you know, decent ones I haven't seen, but. Um, there's like, I remember one going berserk when I was a kid. I absolutely hated that movie even back then. And, um, uh, yeah. And then there's kind of, so number five on my list is, um, Armed and Dangerous, where he's teamed up with, um, Eugene Levy. Oh, what's his name? Eugene Levy. Thank you. And, um, that I think is pretty bland uh, from what I remember. I, it's just one of those movies. I had it taped off, off TV. So I, I watched it a good few times, but I haven't seen it again, you know, yeah, 25, 30 years. Um, and so, uh, yeah. Um, so that's number five. Number four. I'm going to put, Little Shop of Horrors, because even though it's a huge movie for me, it's not a huge movie for John Candy. So um, it's I can't really put it, you know, up there with his performances or anything. But um, uh, yeah, because he just plays that. I remember watching the movie and we hear him on the radio before we see him in the radio station. So I, mm-hmm. I heard him on the radio and. I was like, that sounds like John Candy. Why would they get John Candy just to do the voice? And you do later briefly see him. But even then, it's, a, it's still a tiny role. Um, but uh, and then I'm going to say for number three, Great Outdoors. You know that one? Yeah, of course. That's, um, <laughs> I, uh, that's with, um, wow, proper nouns are evading me today. Dan Aykroyd, thank you very much. Great Outdoors. And um, this, again, is just one I had taped off the TV and just watched this more times than it deserved. <laughs> um, and um, I just remember he plays a kind of a, a hapless, you know, John Candy type. And uh, I, I, I would definitely enjoy revisiting some of these movies. And, you know, Great Outdoors, I don't think is going to hold up as as anything excellent. But, you know. John Candy is always worth watching and John Aykroyd. Yeah. Um, yeah. So number two, I'm going to put home alone. Um, he's not in it for that long, but he has nice scenes and he's, he's playing a little bit. I don't know. He does like a Midwestern accent in it or, or forget what the accent is. And, and he, he has this, isn't he accordion player or what? Um, yes. Yeah. Poker. Poker. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I love that. Um, I, I I love his little thing about where he's trying to get um, Catherine O'Hara to remember some yeah. of his polka albums. <laughs> it's just really <laughs> nice. And um, 
And number one, good old reliable planes, trains and automobiles. Like if you had asked me to name a John Candy movie, you know, before coming on this podcast or whatever, there's no there's no competition that it would have been this movie as a hands down winner. Um, he's he's amazing and it's amazing. Okay, excellent. So every day we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track where either myself or my guest will give a little story of an adventure or misadventure that one of us may have had at some point in our lives. So once again, you got a story for me this week <laughs> on this to end this Friday. So I, I remember when I was a senior in high school. So right after we finished the the year after we graduated, so a friend of mine and myself, we, we painted my car. I, I had like a used car that, that that was my car and we we painted all these things on it in different colors and stuff like that. Something that I think was washable. I don't remember. I'm assuming it was. Oh, wow. Because otherwise my parents, sounds like my, parents would have um, probably, my parents would have probably killed me if I if right, I didn't really right. paint it. But sounds like you're then, revealing a, a slightly hippie past. No, not really. It wasn't it wasn't tie dye or anything like that. And then <laughs> we, we drove from Detroit to Cleveland, which I think if I remember correctly is about a three hour drive. And, you know, met a whole bunch of friends that, that were in Cleveland and, you know, we, we, we had a little fun there. And I remember we were driving somewhere and I had in my car, must have been about seven or eight of us were, were packed into the car. And I made a left-hand turn onto some rural highway or whatever it is. And I think I passed somebody. And next thing I know, I'm getting pulled over by a cop. And, you know, here I am an 18 year old in a farm city, you know, in a, a, not a farm city, in a different city than where I live. Yeah. And I am ready to crap in my pants at this point. Cause you know, <laughs> the last thing I need is for them to have to call my parents and, you know, have to come and get me or have to deal with something oh, or yeah. whatever it is. And in the end, the, the, the cop said to me, do you notice what you were doing? And I said, no, what did I do wrong? He says, well, you, you actually were in a no passing zone. And passed there, and I said, "Well, you know, I'm from Detroit. I didn't, I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry, whatever." And you know, all my friends are, are being as quiet as possible so that you know the cop doesn't notice or make a big deal about the fact that you know there are more people in this car than there should be. And oh, in the yeah. end, he goes, "All right, I'm just going to let you off with a warning, and uh, you know, drive safely." And you know, it's it's a a short story, but still, you know, for me, it was a very pleasant story that uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. have to. You've got a, yeah. your stories have a theme of, um, of close calls tonight. You're getting, you're getting apparently. away with a lot of stuff. You're, you've lived, you've led a charmed life. Apparently, apparently. So yeah, that, yeah. that's, that's my little story. Mm. Um, yeah. So, wow. We, we finished this week. So why don't you once again, Austin, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. If you go to Malkovichminute.net, um, you will find, um, episodes of my podcast that you can listen to just there, Malkovich, Malkovich, Minute, Minutes. Um, I suppose I should mention that uh, this is, it's a minute, movies by minutes of the movie being John Malkovich. We, we haven't actually technically said it all week, but I think most people know. <laughs> but, um, you know, everybody has a different level of, of awareness of, of various movies and stuff. So it is being John Malkovich that we're doing um, minute by minute on that one. And then I've been guest on loads of different ones. And um, a recent highlight I might want to point out is a podcast called the existential trilogy. And this is three different movies by minute podcasts that are hosted by 
uh, Robert E.G. Black, Professor Robert E.G. Black, excuse me. And he does Groundhog Day and Ex Machina and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And you go on as a guest and you'll do minutes, you know, if you're on minute seven or whatever, you'll do minute seven of each of those films across the three days. And so he's kind of cross-fertilizing and... and um, pointing out parallels among these three and also they're all they're just they're they're all three of those movies have great kind of um you know philosophical stuff to get sink your teeth into so that is a great one i did one week on that and um it uh it's just it's one i recommend all right cool thank you for that and once again for the for, for the final time this week i will mention that anyone can go over to the silverado minute and catch me and my good friend todd uh, from the Forgotten Filmcast, where we talk about Minute 75 of Silverado, the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan film that uh, we, a gr whole group of us, of, I think there were 26 teams, did a minute-by-minute -minute review of the movie Silverado. So go over there. You can catch the final minute that uh, Todd and I did. You can catch up on everything that was from that happened before and get everything that will, and continue listening for the next few months till the 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 movie ends and finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for movie Rob minute and you can find me. You can find my website. You can find me on Facebook or on Twitter. So thank you very much, Austin. I've had a very fun week. I hope you have too. I sure have. Yeah, it's been great. Um, uh, yeah. Looking forward to, to listening to these and um, you can look forward to listening to your minutes of my podcast eventually. Okay. I, I, I have my faith. I have faith in you. <laughs> thank you oh yeah no they, they'll be out they'll be out but uh it's just a matter of what year <laughs> and if not then you're fine <laughs> haha you're fine <laughs>